there. You're listening to the Only Schoolers podcast. I'm Gina Prosh, and hanging out here with me as always is my co-host, Kristen Edwards. Totally satisfied to be doing so. And what is even more satisfying is knowing that all of you listeners are hanging out with us too. I mean, talking to you, Gina, it is a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. But sharing our ideas, our thoughts with all the lovely people out there, it makes these conversations even better, I think. Oh, definitely. And we would love to hang out with everyone more often. We hang out here on the first and third Thursdays of each month, but you can always drop by Facebook or Instagram any day and tell us what you're thinking about the themes that we're discussing. Our tag is only schoolers on both platforms. Just jump into the comments and I promise we will reply. It's really one of my favorite things about social media. The conversations and the comments, I mean, sometimes they're pretty funny, but often so much experience and advice and support, it all gets kind of passed along and I just love it. I know we say it a lot, but thank you so much for all the social media tags. More and more people are finding us. You can listen in on almost any podcast platform out there. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, you name it, we're probably there. You can also drop us an email, onlyschoolers at gmail.com, or you can always find us at our website at onlyschoolers.com. And if one of our episodes really sticks with you and you'd like a transcript, check out the Only Schoolers Etsy shop. We have transcripts there as well as our homeschool planner, some tea times, and just some fun stuff. So go to Etsy and search for the Only Schoolers gift shop. We're working on a new set of the tea time planners, and it's kind of based on this guess who concept that I did with my daughter September a couple of years ago. Those will be ready in the Etsy shop beginning in January. There's going to be three, maybe four planners in the set. It's a fantastic, kind of a fun, easy way to add a little magic to those ordinary after the holiday days. We know how hard it can be to get homeschool back on track, so a little fun helps. A little fun, a little tasty, a little learning. Sounds satisfactory and substantial. Nice, and I like how you slipped in our themes for today because that's exactly the idea. You can have this lovely experience that ticks the boxes for a satisfying time spent together. It also includes some substantial learning and thinking because there's no reason you can't have both. So yeah, we have made it to S in our season of exploring homeschool themes. As always, there were several stupendous S words to choose from, but we went with satisfactory and substantial. And at first glance, I know you're thinking those ideas kind of seem diametrically opposed. I mean, they're so completely different. How can something that's just satisfactory be truly substantial? Well, you know us. We've got lots of ideas about how those two words can work together in your homeschool because you do not have to choose one or the other. You can have both. And I think it's all in the way we choose to define the words, the spin we put on them, so to speak. So take satisfactory. We think of it as like acceptable, but really isn't it more about having a level of quality that fulfills our expectations or needs? I mean, What's negative about that? I like things that fulfill my expectations. Oh, me too. And why don't we think that's substantial or significant? Instead of thinking of satisfactory as, yeah, that works, why can't we think of satisfactory as gratifying and exactly right? As in, yeah, that works. It's good enough for the particular purpose. Like for instance, when you make quilts, does every print you include make you jump for joy? Or sometimes is a particular print not your favorite, but it matches the color scheme, and so it's satisfactory for the project. Oh, that's funny. Um, I follow a quilt designer on Facebook, uh, Bonnie Hunter at Quiltville, and one of her cardinal rules is that if you happen to think a piece of fabric is ugly, 
you haven't cut it into a small enough piece. <laughs> Slice it, it's smaller and presto, it is perfectly satisfactory. And you know, she's absolutely right. And say that's how it can work. Because when I cook, it's not unusual for me to substitute ingredients. I mean, it just kind of depends on what I have on hand. A constant problem is I never have buttermilk. So if I need it in a pinch, I just do that regular milk, add some vinegar, ta-da, you have buttermilk. It's a satisfactory substitute and it works every time. And the chocolate sheet cake is still delicious every single time because sometimes being good enough for the particular purpose is, well, it's good enough. And I mean that in a positive way. Truly, it's good enough. Or to put it another way, quote Ma Ingalls, enough is as good as a feast. So if satisfactory is good enough, then what do we think about substantial? For me, I'm thinking meaningful, significant, um, of considerable importance. Like there's an element of gravitas to things that are substantial. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much my definition too. And I do think those ideas can mesh perfectly with the idea of satisfactory. In the larger homeschool world, I, I think there's this tendency to separate the two. And we place one, substantial, as much more desirable than the other one, satisfactory. The plan today is to show you how you can have both. When we think about homeschooling, there are really two basic components it breaks into. There's the learning part and the relationship part. And in both those areas, we have competing ideas of satisfactory and substantial. I think if we settle for something that's satisfactory, we're ignoring the substantial and possibly ruining our kids' education and our connection to them. Trust me, you are not. You can have an absolutely satisfactory learning experience and relationship that meet your needs and it's meaningful and significant. So don't think satisfactory is less than and don't confuse substantial with rigor. Oh, perfectly said. Especially about substantial. Those are two different concepts. Rigor is not a synonym for substantial. As always, there's just this balance that we need to find. Above all, we need to make sure we're thinking about our kids first and foremost. They're the whole reason that we're in this homeschool gang to begin with. So let's kind of hash out what, what you mean, what I mean by satisfactory in curriculum and in relationship. And then I think we'll tackle the substantial part of that equation. Does that sound good? Sounds perfectly satisfactory to me. So let's start with curriculum because I think immediately of that old saying, don't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. There is no such thing as the perfect curriculum. Just forget about it. Stop chasing that rainbow because there is no pot of golden curriculum out there waiting for you. But there is definitely a way to learn that is perfectly satisfactory. So, you know, we've participated in our local homeschool co-op for years since why it was four, maybe almost five years old. And over the years, there have been some semesters where he has had all the perfect classes, and he has loved every single one of them. I mean, he's done classes about building Lego machines and art classes and classes where they use junk from around the house to make puzzles and mazes and doodads. Loved it. Then there have been other classes that just weren't quite up his alley. I mean, I remember the semester he was learning to play the recorder. He was so happy to never have to toot out three blind mice again. <laughs> and how did you feel about recorder practice? <laughs> I was happy when he didn't have to toot out three blind mice again. There was also the Red Cross babysitting class that I renamed for him 
beginning first aid and crisis management so that he wouldn't, you know, he was like, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm not signing up for this babysitting class. But the point is, even though every single co-op class wasn't perfect, some semesters were way better than others, still in all, co-op has been a totally satisfactory experience for him during his homeschool. And if I'd let the perfect become the enemy of the good, we would have just skipped out on some semesters and he would have ended up missing on out on lots of fun. And there have been times that I thought, eh, I don't know if he'll like this or not. I mean, for instance, right now he's taking yearbook editing for co-op this year. And I expected him to be kind of lukewarm about the whole thing. But he is absolutely loving that class. So, I mean, you just never really know where things will lead, where the rabbit run's going to take you. Well, speaking of rabbits, I fell down a rabbit hole a couple of weeks ago, and I ended up reading about Ada Lovelace. She was a mathematician in the mid-19th century, which, you know, that's fascinating in itself. She was also the daughter of the poet Lord Byron, which is actually where my rabbit hole started. But anyway, I came across this quote. I am never so happy as when I am really engaged in good earnest, and it makes me most wonderfully cheerful and merry at other times, which is curious and very satisfactory. Okay, well, that's just a beautiful and lyrical way of expressing yourself. But aside from that, this is just a fantastic quote. I mean, engaged in good earnest makes me most wonderfully cheerful, very satisfactory. Isn't that exactly what we're going for in a homeschool curriculum? Something engaging that fits the particular purpose. Oh, and I especially like the most wonderfully cheerful part. That is always a good bonus on any day of the week. So have you ever had that experience of very satisfactory learning with September? Yes. And yes, I do love the most wonderfully cheerful part too. As far as satisfactory, there are a few things that I look for. It should be developmentally appropriate. It should be challenging. It should be engaging. I want our time to be spent in a productive way to fill her mind with wonder. Is this a meaningful learning experience is kind of my guiding question there. Now, when I say challenging, I do not mean rigorous, and we will get more into that in a minute when we switch to substantial. But when I say challenging, I mean something that engages her brain, and it gets her to thinking about the ways that it connects to ourselves, to the world. For us, that's pretty much always meant a curriculum that I developed myself. 72 thumbs up for curriculum development of your very own, or in our case, a lot of unschooling opportunities. Well, it just fits our kids better, right? I know the curriculum that I develop, the reading lists, projects, what have you, is not going to meet the needs of other homeschoolers, but that's okay. It fits our purpose. Like you said earlier, Gina, I cannot let perfect be the enemy of good. I need to focus on my daughter's educational needs and goals and then find a satisfactory way to meet them. I've been pleasantly surprised by how often Satisfactory opens the door to a really awesome learning experience. When we first started, I mean, I, I know I've said this before, I did look kind of from this more open and go stuff, but nothing felt right. I did not like the box that it forced her education into. It just didn't satisfy me. So my eclectic style was born. And so, for instance, we used Susan Weisbauer's Story of the World for History in the early years. I'm sure a lot of homeschoolers are familiar with it. It wasn't perfect. I'm a history major. It's always going to be really hard to please me in that regard, but it was quality. It was satisfactory. It was a nice blend of challenging and engaging. It fulfilled my purpose of instilling history at a younger age. 
it really gave us some lovely rabbit holes to dive into. I mean, that was really the best part of it. So if you find a curriculum that satisfies you, and if it satisfies your child and the goals that you have for your homeschool, go for it. Do not latch on to a curriculum that does not satisfy you and is not to your liking, even if your best friend loves it and tells you how much smarter your kids are going to be for using it. Remember, you're going for satisfactory. Does it meet the particular purpose? Does it fulfill your child's need? Is she content? Did he enjoy it? Did that enjoyment lead to making connections in other areas? Satisfactory can easily become surprisingly sublime and satisfying. And just like Ada Lovelace, we want to see engaging work that makes life merry. Because making life merry makes for better relationships. Absolutely. Now, we're not saying to settle for satisfactory, good enough relationships with your kids. Definitely not. I think we both have really amazing relationships with our only pancakes, and we want that for you guys too. We're saying that sometimes it's perfectly fine to have a satisfactory means to that end. If you don't want to throw a fancy poetry tea time, maybe you can just share McAllister's tea on the drive home. Perfectly satisfactory way to spend time together and make a connection. Just ask me how I know. (laughs) And now I want to lemonade tea. But Gina's right. I mean, you're right there. In our episode O, we talked about how there's magic in ordinary days. If you just take that one step further, you can see the magic in satisfactory activities, the ones that are good enough for the purpose of building your relationship. Lower that bar and be awesome. And I think for me, that's how satisfactory connects to relationships. I know you just mentioned the McAllister's tea thing, but do you have any other satisfactory means to your relationship with Wyatt? Um, Okay, so Rich and I love to poke around antique malls, and that is something that we've always taken Wyatt along with us when we did. We'd describe what we were looking at. If it was something unbreakable, we'd let him hold on to it and touch it. As time went on, he has developed his own interests, his own collections. Poking around antique shops in the area is absolutely nothing spectacular. Seriously, it's a bunch of junk that used to belong to other people, but... (laughs) It's a perfectly satisfactory afternoon. In fact, it is so highly satisfactory that we're out and about almost every weekend. And what about you? You're not always hosting a tea time or planning a fabulous field trip, right? (laughs) No, (laughs) not so much. I mean, I love those things. I've done my share of creating those experiences. But I also have learned over the years that the simple things can serve the same purpose. Okay, so here's our latest satisfactory connecting thing, and I have to laugh at this. So on any given day, we've spent a good chunk of the day together, right? I mean, that could be working together on something. It could be me checking in on her schoolwork. It's whatever. It's lots of FaceTime. So maybe in the evening, it's time to give each other some space. So September, she'll be off in her room. I'm maybe in the classroom, maybe in the front room. And you know what we're doing? We're messaging each other. Memes, bad puns, Amazon links, whatever. We're still like, <laughs> I mean, it's sad. <laughs> this is us. We're separated, but we're still connecting. And it's kind of like saying, hey, I was scrolling Facebook or Pinterest and I saw this thing that made me think of you. So here you go. I could organize a big game night with face-to-face time, but this fits the bill and it makes both of us happy. So Why? And it kind of reminds me of this thing we were doing for essay writing the other day. So we're exploring persuasive writing and we're reading these movie and book reviews because they're a really good source of examples. 
So this one guy just absolutely bashed the first Avengers movie. Ooh, I bet that went over like a lead balloon for you too. Oh, you know it. We were quite vocal in our rebuke of his review. But one of the things that I did point out was that this guy didn't have all the benefits of seeing the bigger picture. All he knew at the time was that this was the MCU's first attempt at pulling together these stories of six separate heroes and connecting them to one plot. Now, we happen to think it's great. It's a good movie. He doesn't. Fair enough. But the end result is it works. It gets the job done. It sets the stage for what's next. And, you know, that's pretty amazing. There's something really satisfactory about the payoff at the end of something, isn't it? I mean, whether it's the Infinity Saga or the strong relationship you have with a kid who's about to graduate and head off to life outside your home. Yeah, every moment of homeschool is not a blockbuster moment. But even the ones that are ordinary can be satisfactory. They can get the job done, and they can be incredibly meaningful. And before we know it, all of our satisfactory efforts result in a satisfying and a substantial learning experience and relationship. Which brings us to our second theme, which we said before is substantial. Okay, we already said that we think of substantial as something meaningful and significant. I think the real issue comes when, like you said a minute ago, we start to equate substantial with rigor. Oh, exactly, because those do not mean the same thing. If you look it up in the dictionary, the definition for rigor is kind of scary. It's extremely thorough, exhaustive, meticulous, detailed. I guess to me, I feel like if I tipped too far into the idea of rigor, I am running the risk of creating a homeschool that feels like drudgery. My kid's going to feel like learning is just memorization and recitation. And there's nothing wrong with either of those things in moderation. But even just reading the definition of rigor felt exhausting to me. I think as homeschool parents, we, we can get back to that idea that our kids have to be the poster children for all homeschooled kids everywhere. They do not. As homeschool parents, we do not need to be on 100% of the time in 100% of the subjects. I know a couple of homeschooled kids and their mom, bless her cotton socks, she is really into rigor. And let me tell you, those kids are stressed because everything has to be extremely thorough, exhaustive, meticulous, and detailed. And for me, the key word in that definition, exhaustive or exhausted, which is what I would be if rigor was what we were going for in our homeschool. That's so true. I mean, I love learning and so do you, but it is totally possible to have a substantial learning experience that doesn't feel like every class is for the sole purpose of college prep. This whole idea of educating our kids at home is so we can help them engage in the world around them with curiosity. We can give them opportunities to find substance and meaning in their learning, but we can't do that if we are overly concerned with rigor and ticking off boxes. I love the idea of literally opening the doors to the world and seeing the doors of my daughter's mind figuratively open. So what's your best example of substantial in September's learning? Hmm, that is a good question. I think I'd have to say it's our approach to literature. Basically, we just read good books, and we always have ever since she was young. I don't require long papers. I don't require essays, anything like that. We're working more toward that higher-level thinking in preparation for college, 
But I know she can have an intellectually satisfying conversation about books. So I don't think that whole process of getting those thoughts on paper is actually going to be a huge stretch. But basically, that's it. We read, we discuss. We consider how the themes might apply to our life. I hear so many kids sigh, oh, Shakespeare, Jane Austen, that's too hard. I don't want to read that. It doesn't have anything to say about life today. Well, I think September would respectfully disagree with that, and she would be able to back up her ideas with real evidence from the literature. I want her to love literature, and I think we're meeting that goal. She's had substantial exposure to great works of literature, and there's more on the way. I still have two years left, <laughs> but it's in a satisfactory way. I mean, what do you think? Oh, absolutely the same. Over the course of his high school experience, Wyatt will have read four Shakespeare tragedies, four comedies, and a history. That's substantial. I mean, he's read The Iliad, he's read The Odyssey, he's read The Inferno, Beowulf, he's got a chunk of Canterbury Tales under his belt, plus a whole host of other classics. And, like you, we have not done a ton of writing about those plays and, and other books. But Wyatt makes so many text-to-world connections even from things that he has read years ago. I mean, he refers to people and their character traits using characters from Shakespeare or Mark Twain or whatever. So in my book, pun intended, that is substantial. It absolutely is. I mean, that's honestly more substantial than I read in high school. So while we're on this topic, you made a really great point the other day about this idea of the time clocked in a subject versus actually understanding the subject. So can you explain that just a little bit more? Because I think it's such a great detail to pin down while we're talking about substantial learning. Oh, sure. So once a kid is in high school, there's all this debate about how much time is a credit. Some people say 120 hours, some say 100 hours. But regardless, it's all based on clock watching. And for better or for worse, I've always thought that was totally arbitrary. And I reject that sort of thinking. Um, <laughs> Fast readers, they get through a novel lickety-split. A slow reader may take much longer. That does not mean both kids don't have an understanding of what happened in the book. Same way with math. I mean, maybe it takes two days to understand the difference between the area of a square and the volume in a cube. Then again, maybe it takes two weeks. In our homeschool, we've always worked with an idea of mastery. So when Wyatt grasped the concepts that he needed to understand we were done, or we'd reached the enough point, or the satisfactory and substantial point. And yes, yada, 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 we follow the homeschool law, all that kind of stuff. But basically, I'm not going to get my knickers in a knot if we were at 89 hours, or 102 hours, or 125 hours for a high school credit, so long as he was really understanding the material. And I mean, obviously, we were going about a lot of subjects in a very unschooly manner. But he understands them. And so... Don't you think that we can take that idea of quantity versus quality and apply it to our relationships with our kids too? So if substantial means significant, momentous, considerable importance, whatever, that pretty much describes the relationship I have with my daughter. I mean, I love that kid. I cannot even imagine not doing this homeschool thing, not learning beside her every day. It is truly a blessing to share this crazy, audacious experiment with her. And as my time with Wyatt in the homeschool capacity is winding down, I am ever more grateful for the time that we had to build our relationship. Some of that time was spent driving around looking for geocaches, 
Some of it on the way to or from a skating competition. Some of the time was spent wandering in antique malls and discovering a treasure. Some of it spent on archaeological expeditions under his bed, trying to unearth treasures that had been sucked into the (laughs) void. (laughs) But in the end, all of those little moments add up to something spectacular and substantial, even if they're not all shiny brights. I think a lot of times as homeschooling parents, we think we're not doing enough, that we're forgetting something, that we're dropping one of these plates that we're frantically juggling. And I know I've said this to you before, I'm okay with dropping some of those plates and I don't even care if they break. But the one plate that I will never, ever, ever drop is my daughter. That one is too important. As we say, she's my only pancake. So maybe all my time with her hasn't been these amazing, extraordinary, Instagram-worthy moments, but that's okay. I think we've proven that satisfactory is sometimes the better option anyway. All those plain, ordinary, regular moments, like you said, they've accumulated into something pretty substantial. Totally agree. So listeners, if you're out there worried because you feel like you're not doing enough, the reality is you probably are. Satisfactory is just fine if it's meeting your goals and your kids are engaged in learning. Oh, absolutely. You get to decide the substance of your homeschool. What is substantial for you might not be for someone else, but as long as it's leading to meaningful learning and relationships, you're probably on the right track. I can almost guarantee it. If you've been encouraged today by our thoughts about satisfactory and substantial, please let us know. We know how easy it is to get discouraged when you're homeschooling, but please know that good enough is good enough sometimes the kids will be fine. Jump into the comments on our social media. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Our handle is onlyschoolers in both places. And you can email us onlyschoolers at gmail.com or find us on our website onlyschoolers.com. And if you enjoy the podcast, please consider supporting us financially. There are some monthly expenses associated with keeping all of this up and running. Our Etsy shop is always open if you need to pop in and grab some fun Only Schooler stuff or if you'd like a transcript of this episode. And thanks so much for listening today. We hope it was as satisfying for you as it was for us. And we will be back in a couple of weeks with the letter T. So, ta-ta for now. 